0: You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com. Hey, welcome to Hell Has an Exit. I'm your host, Brian Alzate. Today we have a special guest, my close friend, Andrew A. Drewski. So, anyone who's listening, just so you guys know, please subscribe on YouTube, check us out on Instagram. Probably uh, most vocal on Instagram, it's at Hell Has an Exit. This is all live on video on YouTube at Hell Has an Exit, and uh, yeah, today I got a close friend of mine, Drew. I've known Drew since he's been clean. He's gone through a crazy transformation. Um, I think uh, from when I met you, from today, it's like totally different person. And uh, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they're like, "Yo, people don't change," and like I, I like people do change, but like they stay like true. Like it's weird. Like somebody can be a totally different person. But, like, who they really are is always going to be embedded in them. You know what I mean? I know for you, like, sometimes people see you and they don't, they weren't there for the come up. You know what I mean? So, like, it's interesting because, like, I was there from the beginning. So, like, I see that you were like that before you had money. You were like that, like, before you got clean. You know, you're probably one of the funniest people I know. I'll give you that. And uh, you're one of the few friends that I have that has been able to maintain longevity and recovery and still pretty active in uh 12-step meetings yeah i mean it's been a, a a hell of a journey man a long ride
1: dude i remember i used to wash your car yeah yeah that's how we met yeah
0: you had the uh nissan maxima and you had the valsons on there yeah i love that maxima that maxima was like my favorite still today like my favorite car i ever owned when i bought that nissan maxima like i really felt like p diddy like i thought i had like acquired everything in life there was it
1: was so crazy because, like, when I when I got clean, I remember, like, I, st- I probably started washing your car when I had, like, 90 days clean. Yeah. And, like, dude, like, it was, like... I was just, like, still, like, burping up crack smoke mm-hmm. and still, like, you know, still had, like, the the dope sick sweats and stuff. And I remember, like, taking such pride in that job. And it was, like, when you pulled up with that car, I was just, like, there's, I was, like, yo. And my, the guy who owned the car wash at the time, Isaac, was, like, yo, that's Brian. He got clean at, at 17. You know, like, he's the man. You should holler at him. I was, like, man, I know who that dude is. <laughs> I see him in the rooms. I was, like, he's a legend. And I, I used to, uh you know, like, I used to take so much pride in just, like, washing to people's cars and recovery. Yeah, I probably had four years clean at the time. Yeah. And I used to take so much pride in just washing the cars of, of like, the people and, like, getting to know people. And I remember at, uh, one time, uh, man, I, was wa- I used to wash the cars at this uh, one treatment center, mm-hmm. and the owner, man, he was like... You know, like, he was that dude. Yeah, I worked for him. You which, know? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I used to yeah, see, bro. Yeah, I used to see your punk ass out there <laughs> sweeping a
0: cigarette. Yeah, so. I forgot about that. So, first of all, I just want to say it's like a lesson in, like, how you do one thing is how you do everything. Because, like, real shit, you're really good at, at washing cars, you know? And, like, I try to tell people today, like, a lot of times people think, like, oh, well, I don't really care about this job, so I'm not really going to do my best at it. Like, they think that they have to be in a certain position to really give it their all. But, like, I believe, like, people that are, like, like, you know, going to be successful are going to do their best, whether they're, you know, a garbage man, whether they're a teacher, whether they have a job they hate, whether they don't have a job they hate. Like, they're going to they don't know how to do things half-assed, you know? And I remember even when you were washing cars, like you just had sick-ass customer service. You're like, yo, I'll be there in 15 minutes. I'm sorry I'm running late. I'm going to fucking lace you up. You'd come through, and then I'd be like, all right, it looks good. And you're like, no, 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 chill. I'm not done yet. You know, you got streaks over here. And I remember, like, you just made me feel like I got laced up. Like, you made me feel like anything that was wrong with the car, you were going to fix. Anything, like, you missed, you're going to help me out. If you were running late, you are going to make it up. And uh, customer service is, I think, like, half of any business, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I took so much pride in that job, I think, because, like, you know, like, I, I can't speak for other people, but myself, like, dude, I used so recklessly for so long. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, like, I don't think that I had a W-2, Yeah. you know, or or a, a real paying job, like, for, like, 15 years, Mm-hmm. So like when I got clean and, and, and I was given the opportunity to get that job, like I, I would just for, for some reason, man, like I, just getting clean was like my, my life had changed so much in such a little bit of time. And I was like so excited about like finally being able to live life because mm-hmm. I was miserable for so long that like uh, I, I remember taking so much pride in that stuff. And, and like people used to think I was crazy. Yeah. Like, I know, like, you, the other guys, like, they used to look at me like I was crazy because I would, like, walk around. Like, I, I worked at the car wash for $8 an hour. I would go to the meetings mm-hmm. in my car wash uniform. You know, I'd have dirty Air Maxes on and stuff, and I'd walk around calling myself the Bread King. Yeah. And, and I remember reading the secret, mm-hmm. you know, like being in my halfway house up at night, you know, just reading the secret. And I remember like, just thinking like, yo, you got to talk this stuff into existence. You got to talk, talking mm-hmm. it into existence. And for so long, like I beat myself up in my head. I used to talk to myself and be like, yo, you're a crackhead. You're a dope fiend. You know, you ain't shit. You ain't never going to be shit. And that came from like a lot of the emotional abuse at home, a lot of the verbal abuse at home too, mm-hmm. as well. So I carried that around with me. So when I got clean, I, I remember like talking into, to existence and walking around and like I remember telling that guy at the treatment center who like was like a god when I was washing his car I looked at him I was like yo like I was like yo Pete like one day I'm gonna own that car you know like I'm the bread King like I'm gonna have that car one day and mm-hmm. he would just laugh at me and be like yeah kid you know like you're probably in his head was like yeah. this motherfucker's nuts
0: yeah I remember so I remember when you used to wash like everyone's car in, in recovery you know you wash my car you wash Carl's car like everyone knew like like drew was just the dude to wash cars like, I was cool with, like, like the group of kids that that you hung out with. But I didn't really know you that well. I just knew you as the dude that washed my car. And I remember you were, like, mad quiet in the beginning. Like, people don't re- remember. Like, when you first got clean, bro, like, unless they were the kids that you're halfway, you really didn't speak at meetings. You didn't really raise your hand at all. You didn't share. You didn't really talk to nobody. I remember when I was working at this treatment center. Dude, I was making 12 bucks an hour. And I was so excited. One, I was, like, young. But I had never made double digits an hour clean, you know? And I remember prior to that, I folded clothes at the mall. I was happy as hell at that job. Like, people see me now and they think that I'm happy because I have, like, an extravagant life now. I remember having two years clean thinking life couldn't get better. Oh, yeah. Making nine bucks an hour, you know? And even at that job, like there was times where it sucked, but like bro, I was happy cleaning up cigarette butts. No, and I,
1: that, that shit sucked. <laughs> I remember one time in the parking lot, we were fighting. Yeah. And I was like, uh, you, I was like, yo, it's hot as hell out here. Y'all, y'all clients fuck these vans up. I'm picking up gum everywhere. Uh, uh, these shits are dirty as hell. I'm sweating, man. This ain't worth it. I was like, yo, my job sucks. And then I seen you struggling across the parking lot, sweeping cigarette butts mm-hmm. into the thing. And I, and you're like, nah, man. My job sucks, but it's better than getting yelled at by these damn kids and stuff. Yeah, I'd
0: rather work outside and not deal (laughs) with nobody than to be inside. Because, yeah, I mean, working in treatment is great, but, like, bro, sometimes you have a kid 90 pounds calling you a bitch and he's (laughs) going to fuck you up or something. But, like, at one point, I only did the UAs, and they used to just call me piss tech. I remember, like, all the kids would be like, oh, you're the piss tech? You know, it is what it is. The thing
1: that I like is that you know, like uh, I got to see you as that. Like a a lot of people didn't get to see, you know, like and and that's what's cool about this. You know, like this opportunity for this podcast is like we get to talk about stuff like that because people don't see that stuff. I got a lot of sponsees now, and they're just like, you know, like I, I, you know, like I sometimes like I got got these crazy young kids, and they call me, and they're just like, you know, like I'd just be okay if I had your life, and I'd be like, nah, motherfucker, you don't want my life. Yeah. Those first two years, clean. Mm -hmm. Like uh, if I had a pack of Newport's, a tall boy a Red Bull and some girl in the female halfway house mm-hmm. phone number to go out on a date with Friday night. I was the happiest man in the world.
0: Yeah, bro. I didn't need nothing. You nothing. know, my first year clean, like there was a lot of ups and downs from like depression and wanting to use. There was like something spiritual about not needing anything. I didn't even know what shoes were up until I met you. Like I remember for like four years, I wore Converse and Vance and I would look at people's shoes, but I wasn't like into shoes, but I couldn't imagine buying $200 shoes. I remember from my birthday when I had, like, four, I think four years clean, it was, like, a huge decision to buy these $200 shoes. And I was, like, Tripping if I should buy it because it was like a a big expense to me.
1: Yeah, dude, I my my whole first year, my all my wife beaters, my undershirts, like at the gas station, (laughs) they still had the uh, the ones I could get at the gas station. But all the ones like that I brought with me Mm -hmm. to like treatment and to come down here and like move my whole life from New York down here, like Mm -hmm. my my wife beaters at the bottom still all had the green stains from the OC 80s. Yeah,
0: because
1: I had the same undershirts for you know five or six Mm -hmm. years. Like there was like you know in my usage there was no such thing as like new clothes. Mm -hmm. You know, like I wasn't like,
0: and it's like that don't know. So when you're doing an Oxy 80, you lick it and then you use the bottom of your shirt and you rub it off. So that way, like all your shirts have that green shit on the inside.
1: Yeah, and then the second part to that is you gotta, you know, like once you got the green off, you know, you get it nice and uh white there. And then you uh, a lot of people like like to smash it, but if you're a professional, you would grind it. Yeah, yeah I never g- did that. You gotta get the hose clamp, man. It makes a difference, yeah, dude. It makes it so fine. The powder gets so O-scar. fine. I would
0: leave bits of green in the eight. Oh, you're sick. <laughs> I would leave like a little bit of that. I just I'd mush it up. There'd still be like the time release in the fucking powder. I'd just snort it anyway. Yeah,
1: that's because you're a severe crackhead, man, and you <laughs> Like, You have no type of patience. Like, I had
0: the, yeah, I had, there was yeah. an
1: art to it. Like, you know, like. Yeah,
0: it's interesting because, like, when I first got clean, a lot of people would be like, oh, is Brian really an addict or whatever? And I think, um, Some of the stuff I do clean, like, reflects that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The way you
1: just eat a whole box of cookies and stuff. (laughs) The craziest shit ever was when I lived with you, and uh, I I, I went to the supermarket. I remember buying these ice cream Snickers, man,
0: and I was like, I I, I left them. Hold up, hold up. When we moved in together, I said, there cannot be any junk food in the house. Bitch, I thought you were playing. <laughs> I know, I know. But, like, I said that. I remember being like, yo, Drew, if we're going to live together, there can't be no sweets. There can't be no chips. Like, I cannot have that in the house. Even until today, people come to my house, like, you ain't got no food. I will eat it all.
1: Yeah, well, you were telling me this when I was 270. Yeah,
0: yeah you, know, you like I care. was, I know.
1: I, I was just, like, a, a fat monster. And, like, yo, like, before we even get into the story, we got to talk about the fact, like, I don't understand how people <laughs> in recovery don't struggle with food. Like if you don't struggle with like food, yeah. gambling, or prostitution, everybody does. You know, like I kind of think like maybe you didn't. You know, like you might like, not I have need, a I need, see, I need to see yeah. your drug
0: log. Yeah, like it's, I, it's I need... <laughs> finances, sex, food, and shopping. Yeah, because if, like, if you're in recovery, you're gonna struggle with all with those things to a degree where like you might fuck your life up. Like that's like because normal people, oh, yeah, str- normal people struggle with it, but not to the point where like. You know, you might be getting arrested for some shit, you know, but like in recovery, like if you don't watch your shit, you could go to jail clean. You can fucking fuck your life up clean. You can and you could fucking get some random, you know, girl pregnant that you don't even fucking know, you know?
1: Yeah. That's why I with half of those things. <laughs> hey, me too. But with like the the food thing was just like crazy because like, yo, like I, I mean, I and <clears> I, I was on a run so long. So when I got down here, I was skinny. You know, like when you're fucking using heroin and smoking crack and just, you know, a foot dragon walking the streets in you know New York, like just for your next hit. Like, uh, you know, I came down here like kind of soaking wet and then like in treatment, like I thought it was the craziest thing that they gave you a sixty dollar card to go to Publix. Mm-hmm. Like, yo, these kids were like in there like getting like protein bars and like, you know, like they were like getting like meals to cook. Yo, I, I they gave me that sixty dollar Publix card. I was in the fucking, I was sweating in the in the ice cream aisle in the freezer like a crackhead scratching. Mm-hmm grabbing like four different kinds of briars. I had the honey buns. Mm. I was like, yo, I'm gonna put the peanut butter on the honey buns and put the ice cream on top and just, you know, stick it in the microwave for like 20 seconds, just yeah. get it nice and soft. And then they bring me
0: my meds at night. I eat my meds and I just fucking eat, 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 and eat. Overeating can be like Xanax in the beginning, bro. That Crazy. shit will fuck you up. I used to steal, I used to steal ice cream, bro. In the I'm, beginning? When I first got clean, one, I stole for like a year. I stole from Publix and Walmart my first year clean solid, like... I never paid for anything, especially if there was a line. If there was a line at Publix, I was like, bro, they're making me steal this. Like I really had no idea of like – I didn't understand that like even if you got away with it or if it wasn't a big deal. Like I didn't understand that every little thing you do in life matters. I always had this idea that like, oh, well – I could still do this shit and it ain't gonna be a big deal. I can lie about this and it's not gonna affect me. Oh, if I do this, it's not gonna I didn't understand that all that shit affects your how you talk to yourself, how you interact with people, your trust issues and like making amends to people and shit.
1: it's crazy that you caught it. It caught me it took me I got nine and a half years clean. It took me to have an eight or uh, seven and a half eight years clean. To, like, see it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like, yo,
1: I struggle with food, like, with, like, eight years clean. I mean, like, and I had accomplished everything I wanted to accomplish. Any goal that I wanted in the recovery, mm-hmm. I reached. And I just couldn't do the fitness thing. Like, I wasn't willing to give up food. I remember at five years clean, my wife at the time, now my ex-wife, would, like, uh, you know, like, she would, like, tell me, to, like, you know, like, you should, you know, like, eat like this and do this and stuff. And, like, yo, like, and, and like, I would literally go out to a meeting and... I would time to make the meeting and I would tell her the meeting ended at a certain time and I would make sure that I be lined out the meeting and not talk to anybody outside. Jump in the car real fast, drive to McDonald's, get a McDonald's, go through the drive through, order a fucking Big Mac meal. You know, uh, Mm -hmm. I needed a a milkshake so I could snort that. I needed an extra, you know, like two apple pies so I could shoot that. And then I just wanted, you know, like and then I remember like getting there, and then the food coming out the window, and having the food in my car, and then just eating it real quick, and before I could leave the parking lot, just like the drugs, just like it always was when I was copping crackers, shooting dope. You
0: gotta circle back.
1: <laughs> oh,
0: wow. <laughs> no, 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 I was saying, like, yeah, yeah you circle back and yeah. go in there. And,
1: and, and just like, uh, 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 like, it would be like, like, I remember copping on the block, and like, you know, like, you would, like, always want to save, like, $20. Like, I would go with 100 and i get like, not me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Not me, but I know what you're saying. T- I, I was, you always in my
1: head think that I wasn't going to use that last twenty dollars for drugs, so I'd have a hundred dollars. I get twenty a crack and sixty a dope, mm-hmm. and then I keep that twenty dollars real fast. And then by time I made it to the end of the block, I would turn around and go back and mm-hmm. use that last twenty because I was just like, I was like, what if this happens? What this happens? Mm-hmm. I was doing the same shit with food. I'd be in the McDonald's drive-through, and then I leave, and before I fucking left that parking lot, I'd be like, oh. I forgot to get an ice cream sundae or, yo, I need one more McChicken. And then I eat that shit in the car home speeding in 595, get off our exit, stop at the gas station and go in the bathroom and just throw some mouthwash in my mouth real quick and, like, throw some water on my face like I was going home to my parents after just, you know, being 18 years old and leaving a party stoned.
0: With some Visine and some cologne. (laughs) Yeah. But I'm fucking covering up the McDonald's scent. Even my addiction, it got into my fitness because I became obsessively compulsively working out. Where it wasn't even like healthy i wasn't competing it was really like uh based on like self-hatred like i remember just like i remember reading this meme that this girl (laughs) wrote on social media once and she said uh i don't work out because i i uh, hate my body i work out because i love my body and that's when i was like damn i work out because i hate my body yeah like i really didn't love myself even though i had abs and was super fit and was working out every day i really had like body dysmorphia low self-esteem and that's why I tell these kids that get clean and, like, want to hop on the sauce and, like, work out. It's like, bro, you got to love yourself first. And it's everyone has, like, their own journey. But, like, it was harder for me to gain weight than it was to get in shape because when I would gain weight, I would feel so bad about myself that it would make me want to work out more. It got to a point where I gained weight and I was like, damn, I'm still sexy. Like, I was able to gain weight, get stretch marks, and be like, I like, I love who I am. Like, this is my body. Like, I don't have another one. So, like, why am I not going to like it? But at the same time, like, there has to be some balance because I also, like, fucking gain like, 40 pounds and, like, I'd be fucking drinking ice cream, bro. Yeah. I'd be going ham. But wait, before we moved in together, you had never seen me drink a soda. Like, before we moved in together, I only ate chicken Caesar salad, yep. grilled chicken, and water. Yep. And I remember, like, you not believing that I have a problem with food because you saw that I would wake up at 5 in the morning, go jogging. i drink a gallon of water a day. I ate super clean. And I remember telling you, like, bro, I cannot have sweets in the house. Like, I will fuck that shit up. And I remember you thought it was a joke.
1: Yeah, I did think it was a joke. And so that day when I got the ice cream Snickers— I had them in the freezer. Hold up.
0: First of all, they were the little Snickers.
1: No, they were ice cream Snickers. Anybody that that is a sweets fanatic, anybody that got that sweet tooth from shooting dope and knows (laughs) a good snack, knows that ice cream Snickers changed the game. Dude, I had that box in the freezer, and I remember going to work that day, having a terrible day at work, and I was was a fat kid, so I was thinking about them ice cream Snickers all day long. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, shit, when I get home, I'm going to tear these up. And I remember getting home... And going in the freezer and seeing the box open, I'm like, oh, you know, and I picked it up and it was still heavy. And I was like, oh, you know, Brian probably had one or something, you know, like this is cool and stuff. And I remember putting it out on the counter. I turned around, poured a glass of milk. I was like, I'm about to knock these things out. And I turned around and I stuck my hand in the ice cream Snickers box (laughs) and I almost broke my fingers. And I was like, what the fuck? I was like, what the hell is in here? And I open up the box of ice cream Snickers. And you fucking ate every ice cream Snickers and yeah. you hid a bag of frozen broccoli inside the Snickers box. It was box. like
0: frozen peas. But, yeah, I remember <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I, I, I pranked you. I remember. Frozen
1: I, peas? That wasn't no fucking <laughs> prank, dude. I was I was upset. Yeah,
0: you were mad. And, like, honestly, I didn't wake up that day saying I was going to eat all the <laughs> ice cream Snickers. But I remember when you bought it and I was like, man, I already told them. And then I came home one day and, like, nobody was home. Like the weird thing is that i can eat good in front of people but as soon as i'm alone with it yeah like i just start staring at it and it like talks to me it's like you smoke a crack yeah it's like hey it's your old friend over here in the freezer you know what's the craziest thing is i remember being so mad at
1: you and and not believing you
0: yeah i remember you were like bro what'd you do with my snickers you threw them out because i'm fat yeah (laughs) i I thought you
1: were playing a prank on me because i was fat i was like this dude threw my snickers in the trash (laughs) And I was looking in the trash, and there were no wrappers in there. And I was just like, you know, like, and then I'm like, oh, he probably washed it down the sink or yeah, something. Yeah, and I told you, like. I was like, there's I was no embe- way this dude ate
0: 12 ice cream Snickers. I was almost embarrassed. Like, bro, I ate them all. And you're like, nah, fuck you. Like, you thought I was trying. you, like, Yeah, I thought you were shit. trying the shit out of me. And then when you did it with the cookies, I remember you bought the Publix 4-row oh, sugar cookies.
1: Oh, yeah, and you ate the whole wrap Well,
0: you ate, like, two. And I remember telling you, like, bro, like, get them cookies out of here. Yeah. And, uh, bro, you went to sleep. And I went to sleep, and just like with crack, I wake up like in the middle of the night, and that disease is like, man, you know them cookies are downstairs. You can have one, and you have one cookie. And the disease is like, who eats one cookie? Just get the milk out. And I get the milk out, have two cookies, and then I'm pouring a bowl, and I'm dipping it in the bowl, and I'm having three cookies. And then the disease is like, you can't have an odd number of cookies. Just have four. And then when you have four, you're like, man, you might as well just finish the whole box of cookies then. And I remember when I ate all the cookies. When you woke up in the morning, you couldn't believe it. Couldn't believe it. You were like, "There's no way you ate yeah, this thought, whole box of cookies,
1: no, dude!" It was a, it was like six racks. <laughs> you know, like it was it probably twelve cookies in each rack. That's seventy-two cookies. <laughs> like you know, like I didn't think that was humanly possible. I was a big boy at the time. Like you know, yeah. like
0: and I remember looking at you like, bro, I ate the like I was embarrassed. Nah, I, I was, was like, like <laughs> this
1: dude. I was like this dude's playing games. I was looking in the bathroom underneath the sink. I thought you hit him underneath the couch. I was like, this dude thinks it's fucking funny, man. Like, I you don't fuck him, with a
0: fat kid's cookies. What's fucked really up about them. you is that you would order pizza and eat one slice and leave it there.
1: Oh, and I would used to catch you in the dark eating and a pizza. Yeah, I'd be, yeah, I'd be, be crazy. pitch
0: black. I'd be eating the pizza, hovered over in the middle of the night but like bro i got a food problem like that's when i
1: knew that you were a real crackhead like i had heard the stories (laughs) about like you being 16 years old and like at 15 in the classroom and hitting a crack pipe and blowing the smoke into the book bag and you know i talked to people that you knew in
0: recovery and stuff you know what's funny is that i've told that story like one time but i don't realize how fucked up that story is until like other people bring it up like
1: i mean like dude like i I'm no one to talk about any other drug addict. I was terrible. Like, I terrorized (laughs) neighborhoods, states, countries. Like, I did some bad shit, but, like... At 15, I'm pretty sure I was in social studies class, like, you know, paying attention and like maybe like playing a sport <laughs> or two, like, you know, maybe a little tree or a Heineken or something. And you, you're, you're just like, ah, oh, yeah, you know, like I was hitting the stem. I, I couldn't imagine looking over at someone. That's some yeah. South Florida shit. Yeah. I Cause it, it, that, in I high school in New the York, day. If, if you like looked over and saw somebody just <laughs> hitting the stem and blowing the crack smoke into
0: the, they probably like, like some hood dude would probably just slap the shit out of you. I remember it's not like I wanted to smoke it in class that was that's mad dumb but like I remember copping the crack smoking it before school and it's like bro if you still have crack and push on you it's like what are you gonna do not smoke it so then I'd be in class imagine smoking crack and you got to wait till class is over to finish it I'd raise my hand go to the bathroom be smoking crack out of a pencil a mechanical pencil in school and then I remember going back to class Burp and crack smoke, like, for people that don't know, like, when you smoke crack, you're supposed to, like, take a big hit and hold it in. So, like, hold it in. sometimes hold it, with, it gets— it with your chest. Yeah, you got to really hold it in. Yeah. So when you'd be taking these big monster hits, sometimes when you blow out, no smoke comes out. But then later on, like, th- it could be 30 minutes later, you'll burp, and a crack smoke will come out. That's the best. And I remember being in class, and I would burp, and, like, a little bit of crack smoke will come out. And then, bro, I'd be coming down. What am I going to do? Not take a hit? And I remember I would just, like, wait for the teacher to turn his back, crouch down, take a hit, hold it in, open my backpack, (laughs) and blow it in my backpack. That's crazy. And I remember there was, like, a couple kids in class who were like, yo, this dude's really doing that shit in class. They were, like, bugging. They were like, what the fuck? I probably would have been bugging, too. Yeah, I remember they used to call me Brian the baser. (laughs) Like, yo, Brian the baser. How did it work with the mechanical uh, pencil with, like, oh, the, the, with the push hit? it. hit? Um, you can't really push a mechanical pencil. But, like, I had done this probably 30 times where, where I would bring a glass pipe to school. But there was times where there was this kid. Uh, his name was uh, Jude. He had paper chaser tatted on his, on his forearms. And I went to a school. This is when I went to a school for kids who got kicked out of school. So there was times where I didn't want to smoke crack. Like, I didn't plan on it. And then he would just be like, yo, I got some. And then I'd just give him my phone, my shoes. I'd promise to pay him back later. And then he would give me a penny worth of crack, like a little rock. And then I'd be like, how am I going to smoke this? So then I would get a mechanical pencil. Then I'd have to wait to, to go to Home because we went to Home every day, mm-hmm. and steal not even the copper chore, but the, the silver chore. I'd have to rip the chore out, make it into like a screen, stuff it in the mechanical pencil, then go use the bathroom put a little bit on it, smoke it, it would start melting and shit. You'd be, like, inhaling plastic and shit. That's and, wild. and then it's like, bro, you really can't, you'd have to make, like, three pens, to, three, like, crack pipes to, like, get, a, to finish the crack because it would just start melting all over the place.
1: Damn, you're a professional crack smoker. I'm surprised you didn't I get was paranoid. Nice,
0: I was paranoid, bro. I remember fucking smoking crack, and I was walking back to class with crack in my lungs still, just beaming. And, you know, when you're on drugs, you just think everybody knows. I couldn't believe nobody was like, this kid's on crack. Like, no one said anything. I remember walking back to class, and I was high as fuck from just taking a blast. And the security guards started running towards me, and I thought they were going to tackle me. And they just ran past me, (laughs) and, like, some kid had, like, jumped the fence, and they chased them. But I remember just, you know how it is, bro. Just fucking paranoid out of your fucking mind in school is the worst. Yeah. I mean, you were doing it as a child. I did
1: it as an adult. Imagine being 30 years old and smoking crack in the basement of your well, dad's you get, bar.
0: I get naked, too. <laughs> that's, that's you
1: know, like, I'm taking, my my dad owns this bar and nightclub, and the whole neighborhood knows us, you know, and I'm, you know, like, I'd be like, I'm only going to do heroin today. I'm only going to do opiates. I'm not going to smoke crack. No one wants to smoke um, crack, no, no. bro. I'm i hated you. it. Like, I told myself every time. Worst. And then just like, it would just like magically appear. And then it's just like, all right, you know, like, just, just give me, all right, I'll, I'll take, just give me $30 worth, you know, like mm-hmm. just a little bit of crack. I got some landing gear, landing gear for, for the, the viewers out there that don't notice, you know, a nice little opiate down. to come yeah. down. So your heart ain't beating out your chest and you're not going crazy you know, like I would just start smoking. I couldn't stop. And um, I every time I got paranoid and I'm a grown ass man at this point, 27, 28 years old, living in my uh, in the basement of my father's bar and nightclub and, you know, like smoking crack it, to the point where I'm up for three days that I get so paranoid that I think Jamaican drug dealers are outside to kill me. And, you know, like, I, you know, I would pick up the phone and, and like I'd get completely naked and I'd pick up the phone in the middle of a snowstorm and call 911. Mm hmm. And just have the cops show up to my dad's bar and like run outside, butt naked. I, you know, I still got a bad burn mark on the inside of my thigh from running out with a hot stem in my hand, Mm -hmm. you know, like trying to cover myself up, forgetting that I had the stem grip so hard, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and and, like just running out barefoot in the snow, banging Mm -hmm. on the back of the cop car for the cops to let me in and like arresting myself. And like just having and, and it being like twelve o'clock on like a Thursday afternoon, and like just like everybody's like working and being normal human beings, and like normal and you're stuff naked is running going outside on outside in the snow with a yeah, crack pipe. Yeah, just like you know, like and I, my poor father got restless, so like you know that he had to just experience that. I mean, like I think sometimes that him and my older brother used to like they used to try to like tie me up and like like hold me down mm-hmm. so I wouldn't like do nothing crazy when I was in one of my crack rages. And it was, like, every time. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like, I'd be like, all right, I'm yeah, just gonna do that once. <laughs> no, it was, like, every, it was like 20, 30 times. And I just, like, would tell myself, like, yo, like, you're just going to, you know, like, you're just going to hit a little bit today. And then, not like, going to get paranoid. No. Nope.
0: No one's out there. Yeah, you're, you're just good. Gonna, you're going to fucking cool. get high. It'd Don't chill. get paranoid. As soon as that crack touches my lips, you're like, who's there? <laughs> I heard something. Bro, I remember I used to smoke crack, and you know. I just think i was the only person that do this, but I think other people do this. But, like, as, if I don't do this in front of people, some people do this in front of people. But, like, if I'm by myself, I start taking my clothes off. Like, I take a hit, the shirt comes off. I take another hit, my shoes are coming off. I take another hit, my socks are coming off. After 20 minutes, I'm butt naked. Why are the socks always the last thing to come off? Sometimes nah, I w- sometimes you because the socks protect you. you know, I know, your mom but I like, never told you that when you're little. <laughs> nah
1: I just remember like vividly, remember like you know, like uh, being like, with your like, socks, like just being butt naked, crawling on the floor. Like you know, like in New York, we had basements in mm-hmm. New York and New Jersey, we had basements, yeah. And uh, that it, it was like ceilings. the popcorn ceilings, so like there would be like shit all over the floor, so it was like really bad. Like when you were like fiend out for three days and you'd be crawling across the floor, Rambo style with your socks on, like just picking up crumbs and like smoking popcorn.
0: Remember, it would like burn your throat so bad. Yeah, like, yeah. you just like it, it was just insane. I've smoked it all I smoked <laughs> I smoked an half an Ativan by accident but, uh, <laughs> uh So I remember this one time I was like on all fours but naked and my parents were awake watching uh What's the voting show the vo- American Idol? Oh, so I remember, bro. It's like 9 o'clock. I'm geeked out of my mind Pretended like I went to sleep early and my doors locked and I remember being on all fours staring underneath the crack of the door. And I I would do this every time. I would get butt naked, go on all fours, and look under the crack of the door for shadows or for, like, somebody coming. I remember I was staying there for so long, my mouth was open, and Drool started to, like, collect a pool on the floor. A dog barked across the street, and I was just like, and I was just, like, running in bed and, like, pretend to close. You ever try to close your eyes on crack, and you're just like, so insane, so insane. Just be
1: just... Your heart just beating so fast. You're sweaty as hell and you just jump in the bed. There like, ain't
0: nothing worse than that. And it's like... The worst. And it's like every time you do it, the come down does not equal the high. It's the worst fucking feeling. You just want to kill yourself. I've thrown away all my crack pipes. Like, I used to, every yeah. Almost every time I smoke crack, I throw in my crack pipe and, then like, go look for it again in the bushes. And that, I think
1: that's the most, like, when they talk about, you know, like, in, in 12-step programs, when we talk about uh, the insidiousness yeah. insidious of the disease, it was like, yo, like, every time... I smoked crack, something bad happened. You know, ultimately heroin brought me to my knees and destroyed Mm -hmm. my life. You know, crack definitely destroyed my life too. But like, it it just made no sense that like every time something bad happened and I would tell myself like when I came to like two days later, whether I was in a psych ward Mm -hmm. or I was in a, you know, state run detox or like, you know, like just like completely embarrassed. Like, yo, the whole neighborhood, like there was 150 people out front of the bar last night, all these college kids and they just saw my behavior and I would just like want to hide for like, a while and i tell myself never again never again and you know like two days you know the next
0: day you're just right back at it bro i got tasered on acid butt naked (laughs) (laughs) i got tasered on acid butt naked in front of everybody and it wasn't like a flattering butt naked it was like a humiliating butt naked you know what i mean and like i remember like the next day being like I don't think anyone's going to remember that. For years, bro, people were like, bro, you're that fucking kid who fucking got tasered by the cops naked.
1: I remember, like, getting arrested by the cops and just, like, feeling safe in the cop car. And then, like, they, you know, like, they take me to the psych ward. I would sleep it off for two days. They would release me. I was butt naked, so they released me in the hospital gown and the socks, you know, like, with the the grip on the bottom and stuff. And I have no cell phone. I have no money. And I have no way to get home, and they just give you, like, the psych ward you would leave in New York, and they give you the little bus pass. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, I'm taking a bus home in a hospital gown and socks in the middle of winter, like, trying to figure out how to get home. And it's just like, yo, like, how the hell did I get here?
0: Yeah, I remember— How did I do this again? I remember when I finally met your parents. I remember I met your parents, I met your grandma. And I remember I was talking to your grandma, and I was like, I was like, Gramps, I need to know exactly— what Drew was doing because he's told me a lot of stories. I need to verify if they're true. And I remember your grandma was like, This one day he came to my house and he had no shoes on. And just the way she said it was like, I was trying to be funny. And when she said it, I was like, Oh shit. She, you know, you could tell <laughs> like she still remembers the yeah. day you knocked on her door and you didn't have shoes
1: on. What's crazy about that that day was that wasn't in New York. That was in Florida. Yeah, that was in Florida. Yeah. I had got sent down, like, uh, I got in trouble, mm-hmm. you know judge was like jail or treatment you mm-hmm. know i got sent down to florida to treatment and uh you know i just wasn't ready you know i was still i, I should have been ready how old
0: were you the f- 20
1: 23 24 okay you know like
0: so 23 24 your parents sent you to treatment you just end up using in florida
1: yeah just you know like uh went you know went to the program was like you got know introduced to those blues for yeah 12. Oof, they weren't even 12 back then i think they were like seven or eight yeah, and yeah, then, yeah. you got to remember they're 20 in new york yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, and it was just like, it was insane. And it was like, uh, you know, my grandmother was living in South Florida, like on, on the beach in Hillsborough, I had a beautiful mm-hmm. condo. And it was like, you know, like, I was such a sick addict that like, yo, like, I, I God rest her soul, but like, I took her hostage. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it was like, you know, oh, here's a free place to live. You know, like, I, I was like, oh, I'm gonna go back to school. You know, I'm gonna get a little server job in Boca Raton. Like being a server in Boca Raton is like being a a, a goddamn you know accountant. Yeah. Being a doctor, you know, like uh, at 23, 24, like I I was working in some fine dining restaurant. High
0: end dining restaurant as a kid is like a fire ass job. When you're making like 100 bucks a day in cash. I was making like two, three hundred cash, strung
1: out on blues and coke, and it was just like you know, like it was like I thought that I had made it. I thought I had. That's why when people
0: complain about their food, when (laughs) people complain about their food, I'm like, come on, man, them people on drugs. (laughs) I I remember being like, bro, I've fucked up at so many jobs while on drugs. I have so much empathy for people that like are servers or whatever. And not just that, even the people I worked with, bro, a lot of them were like really struggling in life, bro. Like a lot of the people I worked with weren't even on drugs, but they were like single parents. They fucking had three or four kids. So, like, when I see people complain at restaurants, like, one, I can't complain, because i fucked up so many people's foods, I've dropped yeah. so many plates, but, yeah, I mean, like, like, man, you never know
1: what somebody's going through, man, like, you know, like, fucking, no, you, there was, I met so many people at, at that Boca restaurant, like, you know, like, people that, like, I would, I was so high, I would tell the most ridiculous lies, mm-hmm. that I was, you know, like, I was, a, you know, just to get more tips, because I needed more money, and I would tell these poor people from the country club, like, that loved me, that I was in medical school, you you know uh, at, at jackson university wow. in miami and i was going to be a pediatrician and they wanted to introduce me to their granddaughters and stuff and it was like yo i just needed the cash you know like to get more and it was just like i was living such a savage lifestyle and it was Bro, like when, yo, I,
0: when i met you you told me you were in the military <laughs> i remember i remember i was i believed it too i was like brothers like, i didn't know i one, told you i was a
1: barber in the military one, in the you told me
0: you're a barber in the military? Your roommate had a picture of her daughter up on her fridge, and I was like, who's this? And you're like, man, don't worry about that. I was like, bro, who is that? You're like... That's my daughter. And I was like, oh, God, I didn't know you had a daughter. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then years later, I'm like, bro, this thing, your daughter, you fucking liar. And you lied about your age for like 10 years. Oh,
1: forever. When I first got clean, I was so embarrassed that I got clean at 31. I was like, yo, this is insane. <laughs> oh I was God. like, everybody else was like 20 and shit. Like, I was like, well, I would I remember just tell like, everybody. Bro, we
0: celebrated your 30th birthday like three times. <laughs> yeah. I was like, how I remember at one point, I was like, bro. I need to ask somebody, bro. Like, get his ID. We're figuring it out. T- I need to know how old Drew is.
1: Yeah, I, I was so fucked up for so long. I lied about my age and, when I got clean, I too. I was so fucked up for so long. And just like such a, I, I, it was so hard for me to take the mask off when I first got down here. Because I it, people say that you don't take the mask off in recovery. You hate yourself and, and, you're in the, and stuff. It was the opposite for me. I was so happy and I was enjoying my life so much that I didn't want to, like, mess it up with anything. You know, mm-hmm. like, and I, I didn't do enough work on myself yet i didn't work enough steps yet i I didn't understand this recovery thing and i was just like you know like i probably lied about my age till i had six years clean Mm -hmm. you know like and it was just like yo what the fuck are you doing yeah you know like it like it was just like crazy stuff you know and you know it's just part of the disease like just like attacking you in in Mm -hmm. certain ways and it was just like that experience that i had with with my grandmother and holding her hostage like that i think I, i learned a lot of things like uh During the quarantine and during COVID, uh, my grandma got really sick. And, you know, like she was 91 years old and, Mm -hmm. you know, she was dying. And at the same time, I was going through a divorce. The whole country's fucked up work, money, everything that, you know, Mm -hmm. like that, like you can get outside of yourself, the strip club, the casino, all this shit is shut down, you know? And I was just stuck with myself and it was like, all right, you know, like I'm a, I'm a dive into these steps. I'm gonna do all this recovery stuff. And then meetings and stuff were shut down. And it was like, you know, like God just had me in his big ass house by myself that, you know, like I, I, you know, like I bought with my ex-wife and thought like, you know, like, like this was life that we had made it, and I remember mm-hmm. sitting in there and, and getting a call, and you know, having to go take care of my grandmother because the hospice nurses hadn't showed up yet, and you know, like there, you know, like somebody had to step up to the plate, and the rest of my family was in New York, and I was like, yo, like this is my chance, mm-hmm. you know, like this is my amends, this is, you know, uh, this is some real life nine step shit, you know, like this is where, you know, like you get to, you know, give back to this lady everything she gave to me, man, and like, you know, like. Like people say, it's a humbling experience for me. It was life changing to have to pick up your 90 year old grandmother, you know, and and you know she couldn't walk, she stopped talking. And this lady gave me everything. Old school Italian lady, you know, like gave me my first glass of wine at like nine years old. Like we grew up in her house. She taught me how to gamble, taught me how to do everything. Like yo, mm-hmm. I love this lady. Never turned her back on me. You couldn't say nothing bad about Andrew in front of her. I smoked crack in her basement pulling all her wedding wearings sell everything in her house and come back the next day and she'd have a hot plate waiting for me saying that i was the greatest person ever mm-hmm. like this lady gave me everything and said like be able to bathe her at the end and wash her and take care of her and drive back and forth from like fort lauderdale to uh deerfield every day sometimes mm-hmm. twice a day you know for for the last five months of her life and take care of her and like yo the and uh the hospice nurses, I remember, like, these, these bohemian ladies, they were the nicest ladies ever, and they telling me, like, Mary is very, you know, Mary is so um, lucky to have such a great grandson, Mm -hmm. and that was, like, the first time I'd ever heard that, that was the first time, like, I'd ever heard that, like, I was, like, a good family member, because I'd been, like, such a shitty person to my family for so long that, you know, like, that's what I was afforded by a 12-step program, that's, that's what NA and recovery gave me, you know, like, it was, like, uh, you know, it, it was a life changing experience, and then like when you go through something like that, like you know, nothing else really matters because uh, God put it in my life at the perfect time. Because like yo, like you know, nobody thinks that eight years clean when you you know you you've made all the money you want to make. You you know like you've you've gone all these places, you've owned all these businesses, mm-hmm. you traveled the world. We went everywhere, Brian. You know like and, and uh you know like uh, and, and then you know like you, you don't think that that your wife, your ex wife, is gonna walk out on you on your wedding anniversary you know, on the same day. You don't think that your father's gonna die from cancer on Father's Day. You know, you don't realize that your grandmother, like, you know, like, and, and when she got sick, like, you know, it was like immense for all that. Mm-hmm. Because like, even though I got to go see my dad before he passed away and like, he came down here and he got to see me get married and I got to take him to the heat game and sit on wood yeah, to see LeBron. It like it was dope, but it was like, I should have been there more for him at the end. Mm-hmm. And I beat myself up real bad about that. Being able to be there at the end for my grandmother, was, like, what God, what was God's greatest gift to me in recovery mm-hmm. to give me back, you know, I think for, like, a lot of the bad things I did. It hurts. Like, it's sad seeing somebody die, but to be able to show up every day for them, you know, like, and, and be the person that, like, is counted on by the family. You think, like, my mom, like, you met my yeah. mom. She crazy as hell, dog. You know, like, she drunk half the time and all that stuff. And, like, you know, like, my dad was the pillar of the community, but you think my brothers who are, like, high-class businessmen in New York and stuff, you think they thought that, like, Andrew would ever be able to show up for anyone. Yeah. And it was like, yo, I held the whole thing Yeah, bro, I
0: remember. So, like, I remember, like, when I started to meet your family, it was, it's, like, surreal because, like, you tell me all these stories. and like, honestly, something like, man, I don't know what's true or what's not true. (laughs) And I remember you started telling all these stories. And I remember talking to your brother. And I remember, um, I remember your brother being like, bro, we thought he was dead. Like, at one point, we just were like, bro, Andrew's just off the chain. We just, like, have, have gave up on him. Like, when you hear that about, like, family members that really do love you, it's crazy to see. Because I think as addicts, we're the only people who don't give up on each other, truly. You know, like, when I see a a person struggle to get clean for, like, 10 or 5 years or 20 years or whatever it is. Like, I know that it's possible that they can get clean. You know, like, we don't really give up on each other. Sometimes we set boundaries with each other. You know, I've had friends that I've been like, bro, like, I just can't fuck with you unless, like, you get clean. Like, it's someone else's turn but I still love them and support them and we'll meet them at a meeting and and, and do whatever I got to do. But at the same time, it's like when I got to meet your family, like it was real for me because a lot of them were thanking me. I remember your grandma was like, thank you so much. And bro, I still like, even though, like, now I'm, I feel more of, like, a man. But, like, I still felt like a kid then. You know yeah. what I mean? I think I was, like, 27, 25, maybe 26. Yeah, you're 10 years, old, 10 years younger than me. Yeah, I was 10 years younger And I remember, like, your grandma being, like, thank you so much for helping Andrew. Your mom was, like, you saved Andrew's life. It's a surreal feeling, you know, as somebody that is just, like, like bro, to me, I, a part of me still feels like the kid who smoked crack in social studies. Yeah. You know, like, even though, like, I, I help people or do whatever I can, sometimes it doesn't even feel real when someone is, like, thanking you, you know, for, like, saving their life, you know?
1: And, it, it yo, it took my mom a long point to get there because, it like, I remember having five years clean and, like— You know, Mm -hmm. having my first really good job and having a having a first business. Yes, my first had a a business. Having my first really good job. You know, uh, I think at the time I was driving a Maserati, and I was like, I was super gassed. You know, like I was on top of the world. You know, I
0: was super gassed. Yeah, Yeah. I (laughs) I remember when you went from the Honda to the BMW to the Maserati. I was so excited for you. I remember we went to the dealership together. Yeah. we. I remember you still had the Honda. You, like, drove the Honda there. Yeah. We fucking took a picture together. Yeah. Like, you I know, when you see one. somebody in recovery make it, it's like when you grow up in the hood and you see someone, like, come out of the hood. Yeah. Like, when someone in NA or recovery, whatever, AA, whatever it is, like, becomes successful it's it's a cool feeling yeah. bro you I like, love you, it you root for those I people. love it I
1: root for those people and it, you know like and it, at that point like it, my come up was so fast that like and back then I don't think like people had seen it and like you know like they but they didn't realize like I tell everybody like even though there was money, property, and prestige, I never stopped going to meetings. Mm-hmm. I never stopped working steps. I never stopped, you know, calling my sponsor. I never stopped doing service. I never stopped being involved and doing all that still and accumulating all yeah. that. I remember calling my dad down here, you know, for Christmas, and my dad, uh, you know, coming. And I'm like, yo, I'm gonna take you to the heat game to sit on the wood. We're gonna do all these cool things and stuff. And you know, like, but I want you to come to uh Friday night meeting with me, like the big meeting down here mm-hmm. in Fort Lauderdale. And I was like, yo, I want, you know, like, I want you to see me get a medallion and stuff. And I remember my mom being in the background and saying like, Andrew, that's fucked up. You can tell all these people all these things and stuff, but to have your father come all the way down here and spend this drug money on him and think that you can buy his love with money and all this stuff when I I know what you're down there doing and stuff. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm not dumb. I, those people, uh, your your cousins, they show me your Facebook. Mm -hmm. Like I see what's going on. She's like, and I'm like, mom, like, you know, like I got it, I got a good job, mom. Like I got employees. Like, you know, I got people that depend on me. I got people that look, I'm clean. You know, like I help tons of people get clean. Like, you know, like I'm a good person. Hold up, it it hurts to hear that.
0: Hold up, though, because originally you had done this again to them. So when you first got clean, you stayed clean to nine months. Yeah. Had your family fly down here to see you get a medallion. Then you had to tell them that you used.
1: Yep. Right?
0: Yep. Mm -hmm. I
1: had 11 and a half months clean and, uh, you know, uh, I I drank. Mm Mm-hmm. And I, I didn't want to like say that alcohol was a drug, man. And Mm -hmm. I, you know, like I drank and, um, they came down here, you know, like to, and and to see me get my one year medallion and all this stuff. And, you know, two nights earlier I picked up a white key tag, Mm -hmm. you know, I had fucking used again, man. And I was like, how did I get here? I was defeated at that time. Mm -hmm. Like I was defeated, but I, you know, like the love of the rooms that I received, like, you know, like 32 years old. Never had shit. Never had nothing. I was working at the car wash. You know, like I had a little bit of money. I had just gotten that that Honda Civic. You love that Honda. You know, Honda. I had just gotten it. Uh, the payments were $199 a month. I couldn't even afford the electric windows, so I had to roll up windows yeah. still. I didn't have no sunroof. I had the little AM FM radio with a CD player. It had the cloth interior, but I would wax and wash that thing every day, mm-hmm. and it was mine. You know, it was the first thing that was mine. Mm-hmm. And I treated that Honda like it was a Rolls Royce. Mm-hmm. And I watched it every day. And, and like, yo, I had accumulated like a little life. And yo, like I threw it away so fast. And I was so devastated over that. But I remember like, uh, I remember like having my head down and crying, man. And, uh, you know, like, and I'll never forget it, man. Like uh, over the years, like there's been a, like a lot of people that are detrimental. But there's this old guy in the meeting, Church. Church said to me, he's like, look, son. He's like, there's one or two things you could do, man. Like, you know, like you could go that way. Or you could go this way. And he's like, but you need to pick your head up because you had your head down long enough. And he's like, I want you to go pick up that white key tag, just like you were picking up your one-year medallion tonight. And you hold your head hell high. And he's like, and from now on, you stay clean. And he's like, you're going to show people relapse is a reality that it doesn't have to be a requirement. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, like, and that people can go out and relapse and come back. And learn from it And stay clean And he's like You're gonna be able to show So many other people That relapse That it's possible mm-hmm. And you know Like here it is Almost 10 years later You know I'm still clean yeah. And like the, I, There's so many people That like You know like That that's I That's crazy You're coming up Yeah
0: No you have Nine and a half In May 1st you got 10 years Yeah
1: May 1st I'll have 10 years clean Wow That's yep. dope so crazy, a fucking crazy. decade. Yeah, it's wild. And, uh, you know, I never thought, you know, like, in those 10 years, like, uh, you know, like, and it, it's crazy. Like, if you, if, if I go back to the treatment days, like, and, and like, the assignment they gave you in treatment, mm-hmm. like, where do you see yourself with, you know, like, if you had five years clean, like, yo, my goals were, like, I was so broken and such a bad junkie that my goals were simple. I wanted to be able to have a relationship with a female. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to have three friends. Mm-hmm. Three friends, a relationship with a female, I wanted to be able to keep a job, I wanted to be able to read a book, that was four, and then number five was I wanted to be able to go to my parents' house and them not lock the doors on me. Mm that wasn't after like 90 days clean or after a year five years Because now you like <laughs> see these kids and they got 90 days clean and they're like oh i want to i want to own a halfway house or mm-hmm. you know i want to run a treatment center bitch you can't run a half mile but you want to run a treatment center yeah. you know like you, you fucking, you're fucking you're you're sitting out you don't go to work you sit all day and you drink tall cans of red bull and blow newport 100s all day and understand why your life ain't getting better you know mm-hmm. like and nobody sees like the work that gets put in or the work that you do and like that was the reality of my life that i was so broken that those five things like I didn't see them attainable in five years.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like I was like, you know, like that was out of reach. Yeah, that's beyond your wildest dreams. That was beyond my wildest dreams. So like when after like a year or two years when like, yo, like mm-hmm. I, I came up pretty fast. I started to accomplish stuff, but I worked so hard because I, in my head, yo, I had
0: 30 something years to make up for. Yeah. I was like, Yeah, yo. one thing I could say is because I live with you. So I knew what it was like to see somebody work 80 hours a week. And I remember like, you know, because because my mentality changed, too, because I used to work 12, 16 hour a yeah. week and go to school. So I never really had a full time job, especially when you have a commission based job. Yeah. When you have a commission based job, you have no concept of, of going to sleep, especially no. if you have the ability to work 24 yeah. seven. So as addicts, we really excel in those commission based jobs, sales jobs or whatever it is it's kind of unhealthy for people that get clean. They kind of have yeah. to just serve ice cream and get a fucking lazy, regular nine to five job and then just pay their little rent and build some stability because you can get out of control. And I remember I was working 80 hours a week and you were working 80 hours a week. And a lot of times people would be like, oh, you have this or you have that or whatever. And I'm like, motherfucker, we don't sleep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and th- what prepared me though for all that was I was so grateful for the car wash job. Yeah.
1: Because that prepared, my first 18 months doing that, that prepared me for that. I used you know? to bust my ass to make $400 yeah. a week, and I was so happy with it. I and couldn't even believe it. You were folding it. jeans at Barney's getting
0: talk shit to him. Hell yeah, bro. I used to do the back stock at Barney. They wouldn't even let me do the sales. Yeah, they didn't want you on the floor. Nah, I remember I'd be like, yo, like, can I get the sales job? And they are like, yeah, as soon as someone quits, somebody would quit. And I'm like, what's up with that job? And they'd be like, oh, you're so good at what you do. Just keep cleaning the bathroom. I remember I used to clean the bathrooms, and it used to be like on rotation where it used to be, a, it's supposed to be someone else's job to clean the bathrooms. And I remember, like, my manager, the store manager, was like, hey, Brian, uh, you're just going to clean the bathrooms from now on. And I was like, okay, cool. And I cleaned the bathrooms. And I remember this other lady, Brenda, who worked there was like, she was the meanest one there. But she actually stood up for me. And she was like, hey, it's supposed to be each of our jobs to clean the bathroom. That's not right. And I was like, yo, I really don't have a problem cleaning the bathrooms. Like, it's not really an issue. Like, I put gloves on. Only we use it. It's not like people are really destroying it, you know. Like, I put gloves on. I fucking spray it with bleach. And I'm out of there. And I remember she made a big deal about it. And I I really didn't care. I was like, y'all, clean the bathrooms. Yeah. Straight. Just grateful to have a job. Yeah. I I was like, y'all, there wasn't one car I wouldn't wash. 20% off employee (laughs) discount. What?
1: I was just happy to like. like i felt important at the car wash like it was crazy because like yo i was broken and beaten for so long that like i didn't have any purpose Mm -hmm. so it gave me a little bit of purpose and it prepared me for everything and you got to meet everybody meet everybody yeah that job plugged me in with so many people and Mm -hmm. like advanced me in my career later on by so much like people don't even know and that's why i like when these new kids come up to me and my sponsees and they're just like i want to do this or i want to do that like you know like i I, I sit their ass down Mm -hmm. man and it's like yo you gotta fucking stay clean Mm-hmm. if you don't stay clean none of this other shit matters mm-hmm. you know like i've seen so many people and i know you have too like so many people in our lives that you know had multiple years clean and yeah. made, made millions mm-hmm. made millions traveled the world had had every exotic car in the world end up Did, suicidal yeah you Lose know like want to kill himself, Depressed. start using kill himself and everything and it's like yo
0: mm-hmm.
1: you know like the main thing has always been n.a the main thing is it's always been recovery or 12-step program. Mm-hmm. Like, without that, I'm nothing. So, like, uh, you know, like, it, and that's why, like, people, like, I, I don't care if people make fun of me because my Friday nights, you know, consist of, you know, going to the same meeting that I went to when I had 60 mm-hmm. Days Clean because I'm going to continue to show up there every Friday because, yeah. like, yo, like, what is on the other side? You know, like, what is the, the I mean, reverse?
0: The same people that, like, clown me for being, like, a, a recovery geek. I live my whole life trying to be cool that when I first got clean, like, I really wasn't cool. Like, when you think about, like, how I was back then, like, when I first got clean, like, I was still cool, but, like, I didn't need to be everybody's friend. Like, I was still funny and, like, people liked me or whatever, but, like, I remember, like, I wore glasses. I didn't have, like, cool clothes. I didn't care about none of that stuff because I cared about it my whole life. I always cared about what the outside looked like. I always wanted to be, like, the most popular kid in school. And, like, bro, there was a lot... There was five solid years of my recovery... Well, I didn't do nothing but go to meetings, read the book, listen to speakers, hang out with people at meetings, take people to speak at jails and institutions. I needed that because I I needed to get so far away from what I used to be. And a lot of people see me now. I'd be flexing sometimes. <laughs> you know? yeah. Like, now I'd be wearing, like, ridiculous yeah. shoes, like, I at love the that. gym, you know? But, like, brother, at the time, I didn't even know what what sneakers were. Like, I didn't, like, this shit is, like, funny to me. Yeah. Like, when I would go buy a pair of shoes that, like, you used to sweat or something, you'd be like, bro, you don't even know what those are. Yeah. I used to just get it just to piss you off.
1: And now you're in the gym working out in, in the Dior 1s or the Chunky yeah. Dunks, and I just want to slap you. Yeah. It's crazy. But yeah, dude, it, it, dude, it's, it's always been, you know, like the recovery thing. And it's just like, you know, like I'm not confused. Mm -hmm. I know that everything that I have is borrowed from God and and that he blessed me with all this through recovery, Mm -hmm. you know, like I, and I get, I know why drug addicts use, I know Mm -hmm. why they do, but I I believe that if you have a substantial amount of clean time, you have a working knowledge of the 12 steps and you're doing service and giving back, Mm -hmm. like the option for me, you know, like, it, it, you know, like, it's just like, it's, it's not, you know, because. And at the same time, my,
0: like, why would I stop doing yeah, what got me what here? What
1: got me, exactly. And it's just like, yo, my life was so fucked up uh, that there's not like glorifying drug use or this and that. But like, yo, there was no happiness in my using. Mm-hmm. There was no popping bottles of Moet. There was no hot-ass strippers. There was no, like... Definitely. No piles of money. No. There was no
0: Louis Vuitton briefcases. There was no... There was no yachts.
1: There was no using no ecstasy. Yeah. Like, Like, yo, you hear the drug ecstasy yeah like yo it just sounds sexy
0: i did ecstasy twice and just bought (laughs) crack
1: (laughs) it just but like it just like it sounds like it's like i sniffed cocaine and did ecstasy that sounds fun yeah it
0: sounds like it sounds sexy. it's
1: like yo it's like design it's like yo i would go out with like my friends that like like would drink beers and do ecstasy and like go out like yo we're gonna roll face tonight like it's gonna be crazy i wanted a syringe i wanted i wanted that i wanted that 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 boy like,
0: you know, like, I that shit would I call me. I could never me. make it inside the party. No, that shit I would re- call me. Bro, I remember we all got uh, dressed up. Me and all my friends were going to go to, like, this sick-ass party. At the last minute, I bought Coke, and it must have been cut with meth. Because as soon as I did that bump, I got locked jaw, and I couldn't talk. Yeah. And I remember we got to the party, and everyone was like, are you coming? And I was just like, stuck. I remember my heart was just, like, pounding out of my chest. And he's like, bro, I'm going to leave you here if you don't say nothing and I couldn't talk, and I remember he's like, I'm not leaving the keys, and I remember I stayed in his hot-ass car, you know how hot it is in Florida, in his hot-ass car, sweating balls, finishing the last of the coke, like, I never even made it to the party, that's why, like, when people are like, I can't believe you never drank, or I can't believe you don't drink now, like, I never did, like, that, I never even was attracted to it, and for you, I think, like, alcohol is, like, like the kicker for everything. Oh, you know for I mean?
1: everything. I mean, dude, I, my father had a bar and a nightclub. Like I yeah. grew up on that stuff. But it was like, dude, like, and, and it, that's the crazy thing is like to, to all the partiers, I was disgusting because I do the, the drugs. But yeah. even to the drug addicts, I was disgusting because like, yo, I would be in the dope hole. And I would shoot a bag up and then I'd pull out a brown paper bag with like a deuce deuce of Heineken in it and I'd start oh, drinking the beer. And the, the fiends would look at me and just be like, yo, they'd be like, you're disgusting. I'd yeah. be like, bitch, you got track marks and fucking ashes you, on your face. Shut up.
0: You can't shoot to, And I'm in there, the I'm just. in
1: there with some dusty ass Tim's on, just drinking a beer like uh, you mm-hmm. know, like I used to be that fiend that thought he was a drug dealer. Mm-hmm. Like, I used to go to the block and want to chop with the drug dealers. Mm-hmm. And, like, I would, like, they would have to escort. Like, sometimes they give me free bags just to leave. Because mm-hmm. I they would, like, I would come up on the block. I would cop. And then, you know, I'd go around the corner real quick, do my thing, stash the rest and of my shit in my sock, and then come back. Because I had nowhere to go. Yeah. Nobody the normal wanted to be around me and then I would come back and like try and, and I knew about sports and cars and stuff mm-hmm. and I talked to the drug dealers about it and stuff and they just be like they would just like all look clean and good and like mm-hmm. I like I was in such a delusion and you know like that's the first you know disease that I believe that I suffer from is the disease of a delusion mm-hmm. because like I always think that I'm somebody that I'm not and I would literally thought that I fit in there
0: mm-hmm. you know like that these yeah, guys wanted me around I remember um I remember being in high school and even when i was in my active addiction like i always thought that people still thought i was like holding it together like i didn't think that everyone thought i was a drug addict yeah and i remember this one time i was in school i was fucked up and this kid was like yo i heard that this girl started cutting herself and i was like damn that's crazy he's like yeah bro she she uh had to go to the hospital she got baker acted she's cutting herself he's like bro that bitch is so stupid he's like at least you do drugs and that's when i realized like people are equating my drug use to cutting yourself? Like yeah. I'm not like people like are. You're not hiding shit. Yeah, people are aware that my drug use is like self harm, and that's when I started to realize like I don't do drugs to enjoy life. I am doing drugs to escape life. Yeah, and I thought I was hiding that from people because guess what? I did drugs in school. Guess what? I did drugs at home. I didn't do drugs at parties. Like one of the m- number one ways of like finding out if you're a drug addict is like, do you do drugs alone? <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, bro, if you're using alone, you got serious fucking issues. Yeah. When you start getting high by yourself, you're not getting high, you're escaping. And, and once I- you build that um, that mechanism to go through life, whenever you have a bad day or you feel a feeling you don't want to feel, it's so hard going back to it because you know this thing works so well.
1: And I, I always, I was like the, the sick drug addict. Like I only wanted to use alone. Like I didn't want nobody around, nobody telling me how to use, Mm -hmm. nobody telling me how to load my rig or chop my pills or stick my stem and stuff. And that's how I realized like when I got clean, like the other stuff that I had problems with, Mm -hmm. because I remember like when I, like when I I had a huge issue with gambling and you know, uh, bro, it started how, off fun.
0: How many years did I try to? <laughs> yeah,
1: so many years. You probably saved me millions of dollars yeah, if I listened to you bro. the first time.
0: I remember being like, bro, just ban yourself. You'd be like, oh, I'm going to. And then like years would go by. And I'm like, bro, I don't understand how you're gambling. And not just that, bro. When I met you, you wouldn't spend a dollar. Nah. So I remember you probably had half a million dollars in the bank in the beginning, you know. And I remember you still had your halfway house bet. And I was like, bro, buy a bed set. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You're like, nah, this shit is gangster. I was like... I remember being like, bro, you're a millionaire. You don't even have a bedroom set. And you were like, this shit is fire. I'm like, dog, you sleep on a twin bed. Yeah. (laughs) And then... And then I was like, at least get a dresser. You had you had lived in like this room that we lived in a nice townhouse. Yeah. You know, we lived in this townhouse. You had a little ass bed. And then you had like 70 Jordans, which is yeah. the only things you would spend money on. 70 Jordans. And then like a little TV like this big that you would sit on. I'm like, bro, buy a dresser to put your TV on. Like you can't just have your TV sitting on your kicks. And you're like, nah, dog, this shit's gangster. <laughs> and I remember when we went to go buy, when we moved in together, I was like, all right, we're going to buy furniture and we're going to buy plates and shit. So I filled up the Walmart cart with like silverware or whatever. And you're like, dog, put this shit back. I was like, what? You're like, yo, we ain't going to spend all of our bread all at once. All right. We're going to move in. We're going to buy the necessities. Then we're going to buy things slowly. And until then we're using paper plates and paper forks. Yep. And you're like, and I didn't have that much money. (laughs) You know, I had like 20 grand (laughs) to my name. And I remember I was like, well, I'm down to spend, you know, 10 to move in. And you were like, You're gonna spend half your bread, that's why you're broke. <laughs> and I was just like, bro, it's it's necessities. And you were like, No, it's not necessities. It was dude, and it's it's crazy
1: like that. And it's like, you know, like I don't think it's taught enough in recovery, like when you first get clean and stuff, and like people become successful and stuff, because I, I firmly believe that drug addicts can be anything they want to be.
0: A thousand percent.
1: If you can cop crack and heroin, in the middle of a snowstorm... With no job! With no job, (laughs) zero degrees outside, freezing ice, on Christmas when all the drug dealers are with their family and stuff. And first, you have to locate $20. Mm -hmm. And that's enough hell doing that in a snowstorm. And then once you locate the $20, you have to locate a drug dealer willing to serve you on Christmas.
0: Or drive. And then you got to come up with a lie while you're not there on Christmas. Like, being a drug addict is like, you really got to be a CEO. Yeah. Because you really got, like... Seventy things going on at the same time. You got this person you lied to. You got that person you lied to. This person owes you money. This person you can still hustle for a ride. This person can like go cop for you. Like, plus you got a crack habit. You got an opiate habit. You got to fucking come up with different types of concoctions every day to not get sick. Sometimes you got to do a little bit of subs. Sometimes when there's no subs, you got to get like some fucking whack ass perk fives or some shit. Like, you got to make it happen every single day. You're putting out fires.
1: Yeah, and, you know? the, and the crazy thing is, like, we do all this, and then you bring that hustle to recovery, mm-hmm. and we're able to do amazing things.
0: Yeah, but, but that's what, it's so frustrating when you meet people, like, because I was one of them. When I got clean, I used to just complain about everything. Yeah. Oh, the, I got to do this. Oh, I got. I was just, like, so negative. No, this is never going to happen. I go apply for a job. They ain't going to hire me. I remember I applied to one job, and they wouldn't hire me. I'm like, that's it. Yeah. The, no one's going to hire me. Bro, you think I would go cop and go to one drug dealer and just be like, oh, well, I guess I don't have drugs that day. You know, like, nah, bro, I made it happen. I went to a thousand different people yeah, if I had and
1: I mean, and it's just like, yo, there's there's nothing you can't do if you were a drug addict. Like, that's why I, affirm, I tell kids all the time. They're like, oh, this job sucks. This sucks. Like, yo, I literally had to con so many people and sell myself to so many people mm-hmm. to get high every day. For 15 fucking years. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't care if it's the shittiest job in the world. If you put the, the, what's the worst job to have right now? I believe the worst job to have is if you have to be that motherfucker that calls my phone every day trying to sell me that car warranty. Dog, I'd be getting they so many calls. They are the fucking warranties. worst.
0: Every day. I think I could sell them. They I the really recording, And that's what I, I was about <laughs> to say. Like, yo,
1: if you, I was such a good con artist and so bad. And, and that's probably got to be the shittiest job in the world. But if I had 30 days clean yeah. and you told me you were going to pay me $500 a week to sit in air conditioning, put on this headset and just call people all day, I'd be like, you're lying. I
0: used to do it. You going to give me
1: yeah. $500 to call somebody and yo, I would sell them car warranties. I would just get somebody on the phone. I'd just be like, look, yo, you need this, you know, your car's a piece of shit. Yeah, you know, bro, you especially need if
0: it wasn't a scam. If you maybe don't maybe get, it really was a good warranty. Yeah. you know,
1: like, you need this warranty. Because, I mean, Susan calls me
0: every day, four times a day, you know, trying to sell me that car warranty. They called me today, and I was like, bro, I want to hire these motherfuckers. Yeah. Because now they have an automated system. Yeah. And I'm like, bro, who's doing their yeah. IVRs? This is fire. Yeah, Because it must get—obviously, they're doing it because people are, are, are paying for yeah. it. So it and wouldn't still yo, be a thing. Yo, and they're if, relentless. Yeah, bro, and the thing is that some people might need it. I almost got into the business because I one point I was yeah. bro, this. I speed. wish I had somebody in my life as relentless about. I wish I, you know, that as relentless yeah. as
1: Susan calls me every day for that car warranty. Damn, I, you know, I need that. That like lights a fire under my yeah. ass. I'm like, yo, I need to get as hungry as Susan. Yeah. Because I tell her to go fuck herself every day. She called him off. She called me, and it was the same way when we were using drugs, though. Yeah. How many times that drug dealer tell you to get the fuck off the block? Yeah. How many times he told you come? Yo, he Duh, would he, tell you on the phone, you cannot show up here with eight dollars. Yeah. can If you come here with eight i'm gonna fuck you up and take and you your would money show up with
0: $8 and come up and you just have to like get him to laugh you gotta like you would have the craziest i would have the
1: craziest concoction see i got your ten dollars but on the way here there was this little girl and she had one eye and and she was standing on the corner with one eye there was a fish swimming in it but y'all i brought you a swisher sweet that you know like yeah but i really stole it from the corner store but like yo i didn't stop at the corner store i went to the bar on the corner because that was the only place to serve me and you know like it was 250 for this swisher (laughs) and and he would just talk his ear off for so long that he'd be like like, man take it
0: and you knew that there's a 50 50 chance that if he just showed up you would somehow get served you knew it and uh bro like a lot of times with like you weren't taking no for an answer So I used to work at call centers when I first, when I was using my first job ever was at a call center asking for money for the police athletic league and the veterans of America. And bro, it would be on an auto dialer and it would dial out like a thousand numbers a day. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like this, like fancy fucking uh, phone room job where you got like 20 sweet leads a day that were incoming calls or some shit. This is like outbound 1000 calls a day. 99% of the calls are fuck you. Don't call me anymore. And you'd have to answer every call. Hey, this is Brian Alzate. I'm calling on behalf of the Police Athletic League. How you doing today? Hey, is Max there? And I learned tonality. I learned how to, like, get someone's attention. You know, I learned, like, these things. And then I get clean. I don't want to talk to nobody. I get clean. I lose all my social skills. I get clean. Oh, I don't like people. Bro, when I got clean, I remember being like, oh, it's so weird going to meetings. I don't know nobody. Yeah. My sponsor used to be like, motherfucker, how the hell did you get drugs? You yeah. got drugs by yourself? No, you had to call somebody. And he's like, all these people with clean time, you got to look at them like they got the firest fucking yep. dope in town. Yep. And you call that motherfucker with a smile on your face and say, hey, what's up, man? How did you do? Because I need him to do it too. Yep. Hey, bro, how did you get clean? What are some things that I should do my first year clean? Yeah. Ask questions. You got to get interested, bro. If like, you're not you don't, interested.
1: You, I, I, people come up to me and tell me, hey, you know, like, I, I don't want to, I'm embarrassed. I want to ask nobody to sponsor me. Bitch, you ain't go up to the door, man. You ain't never asking for a front? Yeah. You know, you know how fucking embarrassing that is? Mm-hmm. When you fucking just cop you just cop thirty dollars worth of crack mm-hmm. and you smoked it all up and you're all geeked up and you just you know you can't go home without one more bag. You need something. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just gotta crawl around that corner and you gotta just fucking beg and lie and steal. You would do whatever you had to for that next one. Mm-hmm. But then we get clean and we don't wanna do whatever we have to, you know, for that next day. For sure. You know, and it's like... And it's
0: like, sometimes, like, dealing with drug dealers was so much easier than dealing with regular people because, like, when I would ask my mom for money, she knew it was for drugs and I knew it was for drugs. Yep. And I would just have to look at her and, like, be like, it's not for drugs. Yeah. And she knew it was for drugs, I knew it was for drugs, and, like, just beg her that I needed a haircut. Just beg her that I needed to get, like, some shoes and just beg her, like some type of story haircut
1: and, was a good one because you always needed a haircut when you, you were always using. needed a haircut. shit was, it was always fucked up not
0: just that but my boy jeremy shout out jeremy used to cut my hair and he, he would fuck that shit up but i would come home high as shit and my mom would look at me she's like you didn't cut your hair i said like, yeah it did you know <laughs> but like yeah bro the haircut was the fire and it's not and i say that with shame because i ain't no gangster hustler you know what i mean bro i was like my biggest hustle was telling my mom i needed a haircut you know so it's like, now when I got clean, it's like, bro, this shit is sweet. Like, bro, when I, got, when I got clean, like, bro, shit became sweet real quick. Yeah. Maybe not like the first six, seven months I was kind of depressed and like wanted to kill myself and like had no friends. But after a year, it was fucking pretty fucking, there, there wasn't really nothing you couldn't do because any goal you have, you just work towards it. And if you don't get high, you accomplish it. Like, that's it. It's like anything you want to do, you just, if you stay clean and you're consistent you just work towards it. That's it. If you want to get in shape, hey, you're not using. Just fucking keep doing it every day, and yeah. then whatever you want to make money, you just fucking save. You make money, you invest. You try to do different things. You meet up with people, and whatever. Yeah. You want to fucking go to school. You know, the only motherfuckers, I met that like couldn't read that became yeah. uh, that got master's degrees. Fucking lawyers and doctors. You see it in the rooms that all the time. Used to blow, and it's normal. Normal. It's like, oh, this person's a nurse. Oh, this person's a doctor. Oh, this person's a nurse. This person's a nurse. This person's a nurse. My fucking nurses that used to trick and smoke crack, like it blows my mind.
1: Yeah. And that's a, that's my favorite thing about recovery too is like, you know, like when you're sitting in a meeting with a bunch of newcomers mm-hmm. and they're sitting there and then they see that, you know, they, they see you walk in mm-hmm. and they're like, oh shit, did you see the car Brian pulled up in? You know, like, you see that and uh-huh. stuff like that. And I'm like, yo. Yeah, I saw it. Mm -hmm. And they're like, oh, he's so lucky. And I was like, that ain't luck. Mm -hmm. Like, do you know what he did to get there? Do you know what he did his first 10, 12 years clean? Do you know how many times he's worked the steps? Do you know how many men he's taken through the steps? Do you know how many people he sponsored? How many people he helped? How many shitty jobs he had? How many times that he wanted to get high and Mm -hmm. didn't? Like you and know, and I was and,
0: happy before the car. Yeah, I was happy when I got that match. I was, I,
1: I was happy as my first year clean. I don't care too. what anybody said. That's I the said best. I said
0: all the time. I was like, bro. Regardless how much money I made, how much times I travel, how much shit I buy, there was nothing better than being at the halfway in your first year clean. Busting some space. Every I never play space, but, oh. like, <laughs> but smoking bogeys, just laughing with people. Yeah, just like, making
1: fun. Your first Pranks. year
0: clean was like. It's like when when you're a kid and you go to summer camp, like you're never going to get that time back. Your first year clean, your life is so simple and your expectations are so low. Your life sucks so bad when you're using that when you get clean, you don't really expect much. Like if you fucking found $5, it will like make your whole week. You know, like if you fucking went to a meeting and someone remembered your name. I remember the first time I went to a meeting. So I was like, "Hey, bro." I'm like, "Fuck, man! They know me here." Yeah, <laughs> you know, I like, so gassed. You're like, "Gas is the fuck. first time yeah.
1: somebody with like more than two years clean recognizes you and gives you yeah. a hug and you start sh- feeling you, good." Yo, know, you feel like you're like you're like a basketball player. Yeah, people like, are like yeah.
0: "Yo, you should do the key tags." You're like, "Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. do the key tags." Like, yo, you I've start arrived. Cu- Let's talk about the key tags, bro. Getting key tags was like beyond any other thing. I don't care how many cars I accumulate. I don't care oh. how many houses I get. Accumulating key tags. Was the highest high I've ever felt. When you got that six months, and now you got to wait three more months to get nine months, you're just like, fuck, but... Getting a year clean is hands down. Yeah, it, best it, getting ever. a year
1: clean and getting two years clean. They're right, yeah. they're hand in hand. Because I, I remember picking up my two years clean, and it's, the, the key tag is black and gold. There's and, a lot more ego uh, in I, the yeah, two years. I wore a black and gold shirt, you yeah. know, and I was like, yo, like, I've arrived. Like, I got, I get to stand up. I got mm-hmm. multiple years. Yeah. But when that, that first time in that meeting, after you pick up that first year clean, and you get that glow-in-the-dark key tag, and then at the end of the meeting, you know, like, they do the announcements, the secretary's report, and then, you know, like, at the end, they're like, Anybody with more than a year clean, you know, please raise your hand. And that first time you get to raise it, you shoot that shit up fast. Like, you just won the championship. And everyone's looking at you like, like, no, you just
0: got a year. Yeah, "Yeah." bro, it's so good. People are clapping for you. People are hugging you. People are texting you all day. It's the the best. The The amount of love we get in the rooms is, like, inexplainable. I get text messages all the day, randomly. Like, I always want to say that it wasn't always like this. My first year clean, ain't nobody text me. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. it didn't... Because sometimes kids are like, oh, well, how come no one shows me love? Motherfucker, I had to show love yeah, to get, get love. love. Yep. There are people that reach out to me on a weekly basis because I've reached out to them. There are people that I've known for years that were like, yo, happy birthday, bro. I love you. Yo, you're coming up on, on 14 years. Congrats. Yo, I was thinking about you today. I get so many people to show me love. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was like... Because I went to Oregon. And people were like... Oh, damn, you know, like, um, you need a ride? And every time, like, I travel, like, mad people offer to take me to the airport. Yeah, that's fire. Knowing that I have a ride to the airport that I can Uber or drive myself or whatever. But people just want to it's different when you get picked yeah. up by somebody you love from the airport and up. I used to always tell people like bro you know who loves you by like who offers to take you to the airport Yeah, who? Shows cause when up you got a you four, 4 o'clock flight <laughs> yep. ain't nobody I don't care how much they love you bro ain't nobody fucking taking your ass to the airport at and four I don't the care morning.
1: what anybody says like calling the Uber and stuff like that or like it's having to same. park your car yeah. is not the same like you uh, want to get dropped off and then you want to come up and you you want to get that hug yeah, that pound and you're like, you up you're like yo I'm home you know yeah. like you know like you throw your bags in the back of the car and you're like
0: yo this is good and it's like bro with uh with 13 years clean like I got a lot of close friends like I got a lot of people in my life that would do anything for me help me move fucking take me to the airport show up to any type of event support anything I'm doing and it's like only in recovery do you really see that because like people our age that are out of like school bro, they probably got like two or three friends People yeah. don't have friends. Bro, my parents didn't have friends growing up. Bro, yeah, my parents are like nuts. three friends. Yeah. Me you so. know, in recovery, you just get so deeply connected to people. Yeah. That is, bro, there are people that we got clean with that they're family. You know yeah. what I mean? There are people I don't even like. Yeah. But I still love that person because I like, bro, we got clean together. I
1: know what they've been through. Yeah. You but but I know, I know their, their story. I know, I know their, their the struggle. Whole shit, you know, bro. Like,
0: we might not see eye to eye. I might no. not even like you. You might talk shit about me, but. Motherfucker, if there was a zombie apocalypse, like we yeah, sticking together. We are sticking together. You know what I mean? Like I know,
1: I know that you know how to fucking you know how to stay clean. You know how to <laughs> yeah. do this. I know I that sh- you're gonna know how to fucking sprinkle the garlic on that yeah. motherfucker. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's vampires. <laughs> Hit that bitch with the wooden <laughs> stake. Yeah, it's like the devil you know is better than the devil you don't know. And it's like honestly, like a lot of times in recovery, like um, even the people I don't like or see eye to eye on some things, I still got a lot of love for them because they're my people. Somebody the other day was, like, they always keep messaging me, like, this Latin shit, like, come to this Latin convention, come to this Latin thing, and, like, bro, I'm Hispanic, but I really don't identify, like, I'm not really, like, repping Hispanics, you know what I mean? Like, I really try to just root and go hard for addicts, bro. I want to see an addict in the White House. I want to see an addict become a politician. I want to see an addict fucking in the school district. Not secretively. I want to see an
1: addict fly a plane like all the way across (laughs) the world and just like break world records. And and then when the the motherfucker gets to the podium and stuff, he, you know, like.
0: And just now people are starting to say they're in recovery. Because back in the day, like 20 years ago, it wasn't cool to be in recovery. Ain't nobody saying they've been to treatment. I want to see more addicts publicly <laughs> in recovery. Because a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm sober now. But they don't really say they go to meetings. They don't really talk about the 12-step process. They don't really talk about how they still have sponsors and stuff like that. A lot yeah. of times people just say, oh, I don't drink anymore. But they're not really – because, like, bro, when I got clean or when I was using and I would hear about celebs who are clean, like, all they did was say that they're clean now. I was like, but how? Yeah. Yeah like what do you do like i I
1: think like some actors and stuff are starting to come out i know that it's really cool that i got some friends in atlanta and -hmm. they said that uh the tight end for the Las Vegas Raiders, this guy Darren Waller, he's, he's yeah, nice. he has a podcast yeah. too. Yeah, he's and like he, one of the best, you know. Right? And, and he like goes to meetings. Yeah, like he like oh, they see him at meetings. Yeah, like he shows oh, up and sick. goes play, and that's sick. Like you know, like imagine pulling up to the meeting, and like oh yeah, that's Waller, yeah. And he and they're like sharing and stuff. Like oh, that's, that's super dope, dope you know. Yeah. Like
0: I think down here we've seen some celebrities, yeah. you know, not to break the enemy, but like down here we've seen somebody like in LA it's really yeah. popular, bro. Yeah, you go to uh, you go to a meeting in LA, you'll see a lot yeah, of sure. a lot of celebrities and stuff like that. But, like, honestly, that's, like, the whole purpose of the podcast is to try to, like, put so many stories of success. Society just starts to view using drug addicts as potentially amazing people. That, like, these people can, can really change their lives at any moment in time and that anybody can get clean and that just because someone is fucking panhandling doesn't mean that in 10 years they can't become a CEO. Just because in 10 years they can't become a doctor, in five years they could change your life around. Because so many times people just write those people off. And it's super important, too, like, for them to see, like,
1: it it come from the addiction, Mm -hmm. you know, area. Because, like, and the name of the podcast is perfect, like, that hell has an exit. Because it actually does. Because for me, I was in hell. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like, God opened the gates and and blessed me and let me out. Because, like, yo, my life was hell. Mm -hmm. But I think, like, a lot of times, like, America as a whole, loves the underdog. Yeah, They love the comeback story, mm-hmm. except when it comes to addiction. Yeah, You know, like, if, you know, like, you can't, if you're just a crackhead dead down junkie, like, you know, like, they, they don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, like you think 20 years ago that the people that I was panhandling and robbing on the corner and the stuff that I did, that people would think that, you know, I could ever amount to anything, mm-hmm. let alone become a CEO of a company or help people get clean and, you know, like reach out and be mm-hmm. able to do community service and, and not just take... Yeah. But like give, you know, and, and and that's where my life is at now. Like, especially like my first five years of recovery, like you, you get clean and you get so excited. You just want to accomplish so much for your own self mm-hmm. that like you almost like a lot of it is ego. A lot of, of it course. is, you know, like, but like, yo, I, when you are used to not having shit and then you get yeah. some shit, you just want more.
0: Yeah. You want more. I remember man. this one time I, I, I did something super ignorant. Right. And somebody I remember somebody was like, yo, bro, you should act like you've been here before. I was like, bro, I (laughs) haven't. Like, this shit is crazy to me. I haven't. Like, bro, I really haven't. This shit is blowing my fucking mind. Like, I don't think this is like...
1: Yeah.
0: Like, this ain't normal to me. You know, um, I remember there's a time where we used to go, bro, we went to Council Oak <laughs> for, like, years. Yes. There was a time where you gambled so much and we lived together that we used to go to, to I think, one of the best steakhouses in the in the country in South Florida, right? Yeah. We would go to Council Oak. Comp
1: the whole meal. Treat me better every, than Floyd Mayweather. Bro, in you
0: bought me so many dinners, I'm forever <laughs> grateful for you. And, like, like, real shit. And, like, I had bread, you know? Yeah. And I remember, like, bro, we went there every single day. And I couldn't even believe that this is our life. I was yeah. like, bro, we go to Council Oak on a Tuesday, on a yeah. Wednesday, on a Thursday. We were here last night. I didn't, thank God, I never gambled and I never had a gambling addiction. But like, bro, I ate off your shit. <laughs> you know what <laughs> I mean? We were there every night and every day It would blow my mind. And that people we were would even think it there. was so
1: crazy and they just talk about all this stuff. And I, I remember like sometimes I, it would get to me when like people would say stuff about me. And then I would remember like, yo, I wasn't promised this. Yeah. Like, this is all extra credit. Yeah, You know, like, this is this is stuff that, like, you know, like, that dreams are made of. And like, I like, was supposed to be dead or in jail. Yeah. You know? And,
0: and it's like, bro, I try to be humble, and I try not to, like, like, I really do try not to brag, like, or, or, or anything like that. Like, I really, it doesn't come from, like, I was happy before any type of success I had. But like I sometimes cannot believe that this is really yeah. real life.
1: And I, yo, I, I, am different, man. I guess I'm just from a different breed, a different era. I'm a lot older than a lot of You're my friends. You're from New York. But yeah, yo, I want people to brag. Like mm-hmm. I think that shit is crazy. That motherfuckers that used to smoke crack and shoot dope and yeah. rob people and be homeless accomplish yeah. the stuff that they do. Yeah. Like I want to hear about that shit. Yeah, I remember. I need to know. I
0: remember we have a friend who I think like at eight years clean was a multi-millionaire at eight years yeah. clean. The guy came from nothing. And I remember he spoke for you, and I was like, "How do you do?" You're like, "Man, he didn't talk about being a millionaire or nothing." <laughs> and and like and that's just his personality, bro. Yeah. He's just not like that. But some of us are, yeah. you know. And like sometimes, like um, I enjoy seeing like success stories. Mm-hmm. But like sometimes with like conversation with like finances, like people get like salty or start feeling a type of way, or because you got people in the meetings that can't pay their halfway rent, you know what I mean? Or like people really struggling financially. That like sometimes I feel like uncomfortable talking about it. But, like, to be honest with you, like, like you're one of my closest friends. And, like, I've seen your whole come up. I'll never forget being at Council Oak and somebody had ordered me, like, the most expensive steak there is. And I remember, I, I eat, like, a two-year-old. You know this. I eat dinosaur-shaped yeah. fucking chicken nuggets. You order ketchup, ketchup with your steak. I order ketchup with my steak, water. I'm not fucking well-mannered <laughs> at all. And I remember... I tried the steak, and I was like, oh, this is, like, not that great. And I didn't really want to be mean, so I wasn't like it's trash, but I was like, no, nah, I really, really didn't like it. And you were elbowing me like, oh, that's a $250 steak. I was like, $250? <laughs> but I didn't even know they made steak for $250. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, man, I wish you would have just gave me the money, you know, <laughs> like, I couldn't need it. Yeah. You know, but, like, that's what we were in life. Yeah. And that was the first time I ever went there. I probably was still making 12 bucks an hour working at a treatment center, and that was the first time we ever went. And then two years later, we're going there every single day, yeah. to the point where we I started going in my flip flops and basketball shorts. Yeah. Like it was just like there was no line. It, the food came out super fast. It was the best service, and I didn't have to pay for it. Yep,
1: yeah. it was it's just, fine. and it was like, it's yeah, I'm I'm living my dream. And mm-hmm. the thing that people don't understand is that like I'm the same per- person now with 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 whatever success as I was, you know, before that. Yeah. And, and nothing that's gonna change. And, you know, it's just me, like, uh, uh, like, especially I, I these remember, last two years. I
0: remember when you came home and you just got your first job making sixty grand a year. Mm-hmm. And I still remember, and you were living in a trailer, mm-hmm. right? So I lived in my parents' house. And I remember you used to be like, yo, your parents' house is dope. I'm like, "Bro, living with your parents is whack as fuck. You know how corny I feel trying to bring a girl over to my parents' house? Yeah. Like, I hate this. I would go to your trailer because you. I'm from Davies, so I know that you lived in a nice trailer park. And I was like, bro, this trailer park is lit. Like, this shit is fire. And you'd be like, nah, bro, it's a trailer. And I remember being like, nah, like, I want to move in. I remember you came home and you were like, like, I made it. And I was like, what happened? And you're like, bro, I just got hired. And I was like, yeah. And you're like, bro, I'm making 60 grand a year. You think anybody ever thought I would make sixty grand a year? You're like, dog, I'm fucking rich. Yeah. I remember, like, bro, I'm fucking rich. I'm fucking making sixty grand a year. You're like, I got fucking (laughs) seventy Jordans. Yeah. And I remember, like, how ecstatic you were to get like a real job that was in air conditioning. Yeah. Because that's when you went from washing cars to like having a real business career. Yeah. And I remember, like, being happy for you. Yeah. I was like, bro, I seen Drew jump up and down when he started making and you probably were making pretty good money at the car wash you're probably yeah. making 40 50 grand a year you know what i mean <laughs> you might yeah. even have been making more money without <laughs> paying taxes you know? yeah so i was like bro i seen drew jump up and down over like a 10 grand a year salary raise you think he's not going to act totally ignorant with what's going on in his life now yeah you know over the years like i've seen you make your career and finances your number one goal uh-huh. and i've seen you super depressed I've seen you, your most miserable ever I at mean, your height of your finances. I made
1: over a million dollars in 2015 and I was the most miserable I'd ever been, mm-hmm. you know? And it was because I made money, property, and prestige my higher power. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I got diverted. You I know? lived
0: with you, bro. I, I remember know. you just being, bro, you would complain about everything. Everything. <laughs> it was like- Everything. You'd be like, oh, you would get a car and then complain about how they fucked you over at the dealership. Yep. You get a car and then complain about how fucking the the check engine light is on. Yep. You fucking, you know. Buy it was all a problem. And it was yeah. because
1: like, yo, I, I forgot what the main purpose was. And, you know, and, and, and it, it, it like it, it comes and goes. But like mm-hmm. you learn as you grow in recovery, like as you get growth, like especially the last two years. Like I probably, you know, like I don't even I pro- I don't even know if I made money this year. I don't care. <laughs> You know, like, it it just doesn't really matter anymore, you know? Like, it, and I know, like, that people say it's easy to have that, like, because I, you know, like, I was very smart with my money, Mm -hmm. and I saved it, and I have great investments. Yeah, one thing
0: I can say about you is you're a fucking saver, dog. Yeah. Like, as much money, because, like, I'm going to keep it real with you, because people always talk shit, and, like, I know you personally. So, like, as much money I've seen you spend at the casino, I've seen you save quadruple. Yeah. You know? So, even though I do think your gambling is out of control... Everyone has a vice. Well, you, you got to give me a congratulations
1: now. It's nine, yeah. nine months, no, nine hard months rock. no hard rock. Nine months, no hard rock. That's what's up, bro. Yep. I never thought I'd be able to do it, but, you know, like uh, when the pain gets great enough, you know, mm-hmm. you got to apply the same things, you know, like, because it it got to a point where people would, you know, it's bad when your accountant has to pull you to the side and say, I know I work for you, uh, but we're friends on the side. And as your friend, I need to tell you, like, and, and put paperwork in front of you and you have okay. a problem. You know, and then, like, uh, the last two years with, like, all the, you know, if I didn't have a solid program the last two
0: years. Like, Dog, I've seen you done. win, personally, I've seen you win 60 grand plus probably four times. Yeah. And I remember, like, the next day just going back to your miserable self. Yeah.
1: It, it, dude, it's just like anything. It's just like the drugs. Yeah. It'll never be enough. And I, I tell all all my sponsees, I tell all the newcomers now, like, because I've done it. I learned my lesson. Like, the money will never be enough. The women will never be enough. The clothes will never be enough. The job will never be enough. Mm-hmm. It's an inside job. Until you're okay with yourself. And, and it talks about in our, in, in the literature, in our readings, it talks about being okay with or without. Mm-hmm. And it took me eight, you know, it took me eight years to figure that out. Yeah. You know, and then the last two years, like, you know, like, having my father die on father's day, going through divorce, having my grandmother die, you know like uh you know like going through the quarantine with covid like you know like with all these issues going on. Being arrested clean. Mm-hmm. You know what it's like to have 9 years clean and you know something come up from years ago where you know you have to go to jail clean and you're just sitting in a cell thank God you have the financial means for a lawyer Mm -hmm. and and bail and stuff like that. But you're sitting in a jail cell and you know that everybody's posting your picture on Facebook, (laughs) you know, everyone's talking shit about you. And it's just like, but at the same point, like where I was at in my recovery at the time and the work that I had put in and certain people point out to me that like, God is so good that he gave you this obstacle at the time he did. Because he knew you'd be able to handle it. Because mm-hmm. my first couple years clean, my anxiety was so bad. If if, if my dad would have, uh, you know, like would have died on Father's Day, or I would have went through a divorce, or I would have messed my
0: finances mm-hmm. up, or I would have went to jail or something like that. You know, like who knows where I'd be? Yeah. You know, because I wasn't ready. I wasn't prepared. And like a lot of times, like that's why it's so important to stay active in your recovery. Because you never know when the storm's coming. Like you Correct. don't know when the divorce is coming. You don't know when any of that either. You shit's, don't know you when know. someone's gonna die. So that's why it's important. I couldn't imagine not being
1: plugged in the way
0: I was these last two
1: years. Like, like my program is so I'm so grateful for my program and I'm so grateful for never straying away. People can say a lot of shit about me. I've done a lot of stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, like that I'm not proud of using and clean mm-hmm. you know like i'm a man i make mistakes you know like one thing that you know like that they can't say is that the last two years going through all these problems that i didn't handle every situation with dignity mm-hmm. that i didn't walk through everything with my head up and handle it like a man and i would not been able to do that if it wasn't for the program a uh, narcotics and if it wasn't for recovery a 12-step fellowship if it wasn't for having the men and the relationships mm-hmm. i built in my life the the people that show up to your house you know like For sure. you know like I, dude like you know like i remember the day after you know my significant other le- had left you know like dude i i thought i was going to kill myself you know, like I didn't know I was so I was so <laughs> yeah. codependent. I was so, you know, like I had, not you know, like mm-hmm. and, and I was so miserable that I hadn't understood, you know, like and it took going to therapy. It took like working steps and doing this stuff that I had to do to realize, you know, what my part in it was mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, like realize that I was a miserable asshole and that, you know, like like I was lucky that she didn't leave me five years ago. Yeah, you know, she should have. Mm hmm. And it was like, you know, like situations like that come apart and you're able to put the work in and see it. And, you you know, like, I'm just grateful that even though using was a thought, it wasn't an option. I was surrounded by too many good men. Mm -hmm. I was surrounded by a program. And it's like, you know, like I always say that the greatest growth comes from the other side of pain. Mm -hmm. Like when you experience enough pain and you're able to walk through that pain Mm -hmm. on the other side of that it's just, like, amazing. Yeah. Like, where I'm at today in my it's life. It's honestly
0: the best thing that ever happened to you, bro, because I remember, like, you had two options. Just, like, when you first got clean, it's like, bro, you could use this fucked up situation and make your life worse, or you could use this fucked up situation and make your life better. And I don't know what happened, but the next day, you're like, bro, I'm getting in the best shape of my life. I'm going walking. I'm I'm eating salad. You really did put, like, ain't no energy like breakup energy. Yeah. Like when you have that energy, you're either going to use it in smoking crack or you're going to use it to like get in the best shape of your life. Yeah. Like when you go through that breakup, when you go through like financial trouble or like whatever yeah. pain, like you can use that positively or negatively. And I've seen you use that really positively. You changed the whole way you look. I'll post some before and after pictures. You used to look like a pale. You look like the fucking fat penguin from Batman, <laughs> but tall. Damn. Yeah, you look like shit. You oh, look like stir-fried dog shit. I'm going to let you get that one off. But um, yeah, I love you, bro. I appreciate you coming on the show. Yeah, man. Thank and, you for uh, having me. I love it. I'm telling you, bro, like, uh, you know, being friends with you for like these past nine and a half years, t- really 10 years has been wild. There's not too many people that know me the way that you know me. You know yeah. what I mean? And there's not so many people that can say the same thing about you, bro, you know, so uh, I appreciate you coming to the show. And I know, you know, I I was like, I was like, man, I got to save Drew for like when the show starts to get hot. But I appreciate you, bro. (laughs) Yeah, man. Thank you you for having me. Love you too, brother. This show is not affiliated with any specific 12-step program. If you or a loved one is struggling with an addiction, please find a local 12-step meeting. If you believe you may need detox or drug treatment of any kind, please call 888-699-9395 to speak to a specialist. This show is sponsored by United Recovery Project, a state-of-the-art drug and alcohol rehab facility. You can visit our website at unitedrecoveryproject.com.